Hello, this is Rob Payne with RSVP Northern Virginia, and welcome to our newest RSVP podcast. Today, we are at the James Lee Center in Falls Church, Virginia, at the Literacy Council of Northern Virginia. And my guests today are volunteer extraordinaire James Waller. James, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here, Rob. And returning for another podcast is Amy Tristan, who has been with us before and is the volunteer coordinator for the Literacy Council. Thanks for being here, Amy. Hi, Rob. Thank you. James, uh, we have, we have uh, very eager to talk to you about what it's like to be a volunteer with the Literacy Council. You have been volunteering as an RSVP volunteer here for about... That's just a little over a year. Roughly a year. Yeah. I think you joined us about roughly about a year and a half. Just to sort of bring everybody up to speed, Amy, could you talk a little bit about the Literacy Council, just sort of some background so people know where we're going. So the Literacy Council has been around since 1962. So we're actually uh, Virginia's oldest and largest literacy organization. Um, right now we serve about 1,500 um, English language learners every year uh, with the help of over 500 volunteers. So we are teaching beginner level English language classes. Uh, we have a number of destination workforce classes. So we're working with English language learners who want to get a job or get a better job. So we support them in that. Um, and then we also have a number of classes that focus on writing skills. We have a great tutoring program. We offer lots of support, student advising, you know, career counseling, things like that. So every year we work with over 500. So last 500 year I think volunteers. we worked with 522. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Now, James, tell us a little bit how you were drawn to RSVP. How did you? How long have you been retired? I've been retired for about uh, four years now. And what did you do before you retired? Uh, I was an economic consultant with a private company called Nathan Associates, and before that, I was with the U.S. Treasury Department. Now, when, when people retire and they think about what they're going to do when they're retiring. A lot of times people don't have a real clear idea, am I going to volunteer, am I going to vacation, am I going to do both? What was sort of your thought process coming into to, to, to retirement as far as what you were going to do next? Uh, I wanted to stay active. Um, I have some personal projects, particularly uh, researching the family tree and family history, so that was engaging for a while. Uh, but then I received a note in the mail from RSVP, and I said, well, I'll just go and see what they have to offer. And so it was at that orientation session uh, where I learned about the many possibilities that, the, that one could volunteer for through RSVP. Well, RSVP, as I say, provided a sort of a menu of options, and then I, I filled out a form and then had an interview about narrowing down those options and landed upon uh, three, um, <clears throat> Literacy Council, uh, because I'm, I'm interested in, in helping others and being a good neighbor. Uh, also, the Finance Park, where it's mentoring of household budgets to eighth graders, uh, which is a very important skill, as I discovered from our children. Um, and, uh, and also Colvin Run Mill, because I am interested in history, um, and Colvin Run Mill really has a rich history here in Northern Virginia. Had you volunteered back when, before you retired, did you have a, a career in volunteering as well, or was this something you picked up after, after retirement? It's after retirement. When I was working, I was working. You're Tell me what you do as a volunteer with, with the Literacy Council in Northern Virginia. I'm a tutor. Uh, I tutor uh, two days a week. Uh, the the uh, students go to class from 1 to 3, and then I tutor from 3 to 4, um, basically helping them with homework or helping them just have a conversation because they want to improve their language skills, their spoken language skills, or help them fill out a form or whatever they think they need help with uh, particularly that day. 
and Jim, are you, are you usually working with the same students each week or, or, or different students all the time, or how does that work? Uh, I work with largely the same students each week. Um, there are two classes at the, at the Korean Community Service Center, level one and level three classes. Uh, so usually two people from each class stay for tutoring and I switch between the two. Uh, so there is some familiarity there. I think one of the, the, the most common questions I hear when, when we talk with volunteers about, about working with the Literacy Council is, do I have to be bilingual to teach people English? And what would you, what would you say to that? I would say no, uh, you don't have to be bilingual at all. Uh, one of the great things about the council is that they give you intensive training at the outset. So you do have to put aside some time, a full day, on a Saturday it was at least for me, uh, to be sort of uh, oriented and instructed in uh, good ways and of, uh, of uh, English instruction. Well, let's talk a little about that because again, that's, you bring up a really good point is once you go through the RSVP orientation, then you all have, uh, the Literacy Council has its own separate training. Do you have information sessions and then training? Like if someone listening to this podcast says, I want to be a Literacy Council volunteer, um, of course, hopefully they're, 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 they're already in RSVP, but either way, what would they do next after coming through RSVP? Yes, yeah, so to get involved with the Literacy Council, we would ask them to come to an information session. We call it LCNV 101, and at those sessions I talk about all of our different programs and our volunteer roles and the locations of all of our different classes. Um, and then after that, we invite volunteers to fill out an application, so that just gives us more information about their interests and what they want to do. And then after that, we have a conversation to, to fit them into a role that you know makes sense for them and is convenient for them and works with their schedule and lines up with their interests. And then we recommend that they go to certain trainings. So the next LCNV 101, the next volunteer orientation, is on Saturday, Saturday December 7th at 10.30 at the Sherwood Library. And then in January, we'll have a day-long training for anyone who's interested in becoming a teacher or a class aide or a tutor in our program. And where does that take place usually? So that will be at the James Lee Community Center. Okay. We have 15 different class sites. So we are active in Fairfax County, in Alexandria. Um, we have classes as far west as Herndon and Centerville and Chantilly. And then we, we even have a class at the Sherwood Library kind of in South County um, in the you know, southern part of Alexandria. So we have about a 450 square mile service area. So we have classes all over. Um, we like to make sure that those classes are um, strategically placed in neighborhoods of need um, and we want to make sure that they are easy to access for the students who want to access them so hopefully they are on a bus line or they're at a library or a community center that would be you know within easy walking distance or you know a short commute for them. James you mentioned that you the different volunteer activities you do with with the Literacy Council are there are you required once you're in the system are you required to, to do a certain amount of hours are you given a shift or how does that work no you're not required at all and just to follow up on Amy's point about the 101 not to not to give away secrets but I couldn't make a 101 class uh, but I really wanted to do it so Amy made time and gave me a a one-on-one -on -one class, that's the fantastic. 101 class. That's right. fantastic. So there is some flexibility there. That's uh, but no, you're, they're very flexible in terms of scheduling. Uh, you can either volunteer one day a week or two days a week. Um, and if you have to miss for whatever reason, um, uh, they will uh, understand and try to find someone to fill your slot. People will ask me, especially when it comes to teaching, whether it be literacy or we, we have several different teaching opportunities, they'll say, I don't want to lead a class, but I want to be helpful, or I want to work one-on-one -on -one with a student, but I don't want to be responsible for 20 people at the same time. So you're saying that within the Literacy Council, all those opportunities exist? 
Right. So each one of our classes is led by a teacher, or sometimes we'll have two teachers who share the role. But then we'll also have three or four class aides who are working in that classroom. So they're following the teacher's lead, and they're helping students whenever they have questions. Or sometimes the teacher will instruct them to break up into small groups to work on an activity. So in that instance, class aides are really helpful, you know, answering questions and, and keeping the students on track. Um, and then, you know, the tutors are working after class to help the students with homework and things like that. Um, but I also want to mention we have a, a number of other volunteer roles that are quite flexible um, or something that someone could do kind of on an ad hoc basis. So we have volunteers who will come into our office to cover our front desk or help with mailings or put together materials and lesson prep and things like that. Um, so if someone would have difficulty committing to a regular role in the classroom, there are other things that they could do that are more flexible or that they could do kind of, like I said, on an ad hoc basis. Jim, what do you personally get out of, of volunteering, and especially uh, working with the, the Literacy Council? Uh, well, I, for me, it's, um, it's in part uh, being a good neighbor, um, making sure that the people that are coming here and are making the effort to learn English uh, really feel that they are supported by the local community, and I think the council does a great job of that. Um, I also um, have personal experience in uh, having been fearful of learning a foreign language, uh, but overcame that fear and then learned several foreign languages. So I want to use my experience to encourage the students um, to help them when they feel that they are uh, they need some help <coughs> and need some support. Um, and finally, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of talk about immigrants, uh, the United States being a country of immigrants, which is really true, but in a sort of an economic sense, which is my background, um, the strength of the United States will be because of immigration in the future. That is, our natural population is aging, and immigrants then bring in youth and vitality to the country. Countries like Europe, or areas like Europe, China, Japan, are aging. The only way the United States will remain young is through immigrant community. Have you ever had any students and or, or did you get to follow up with some of these folks where you where you hear the success stories? Yeah, I mean we have a number of students who've gone through our program mm -hmm. and you know they weren't working before but you know they've been able to secure a job um, so that's a fantastic success. We have a number of students who have gone through our program and they were kind of underemployed before and they've been able to get a higher paying job to support their families um, and I would say you know we have so many young adults who are parents, you know, they have school-aged children, and when they tell us that they can help their children with their homework and they can be more involved in their children's education, I think that there's a lot of, you know, success there um, that we can point to. Um, so, you know, their, their confidence has increased because they can have conversations with people in their community, they can understand what their doctor is telling them, you know, so just every day there are those small successes um, that we can link back to what they've learned in our classroom. And I think we recently had a volunteer who told us that it was so satisfying to teach someone something, you know, on a Wednesday that they knew that the student would use the very next day. And I think our students often come back to us and they are full of gratitude um, for the time and the effort that we put into our program um, because they can see the benefits in their lives. Jim, on, on volunteering, why do you think it's important for seniors to volunteer in I think particular? It's, well, I think it's important, as I said, it's a, a part of being a, a welcoming community. Uh, also, just um, staying active and contributing, mm -hmm. uh, contributing to whether it be immigrants or youth or people understanding the history around them. Um, and, um, and it is satisfying at the day to be tired from doing something you like as opposed to tired being 
just home from work. Was there anything in particular that drew you to RSVP? You mentioned you got a, an email or, or contact that way, but was there anything that that this, as as someone in our age group, and I'm I'm in I'm in the senior age group too. Is there is there any is there was there anything in particular about RSVP that took out uh, stood out to you? Other you know particular. Well, I was impressed with the organization. Mm -hmm. I was impressed with the energy of the orientation mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I attended. Um, and as I say, it was at the finance park. It was a very nice facility. Right. And then when they said, "Oh, you fill out the form, and someone will follow up in a week," I said, "Oh yes, follow up in a week." Bingo, they followed up in a week. And they gave me good advice. So it just was done in a very a professional and a very efficient way. And as we touched on earlier, you mentioned that you also volunteer with the Fairfax County Park Authority as a docent at a call in one mill. Um, what, what's that experience been like? That sounds fascinating. Well, for me, it's a, it's a combination of uh, the technology of the time because the mill incorporated new technology that was uh, actually patented. Um, it's uh, also using simple tools, uh, so it's mechanical, uh, and it's on the website of the Mechanical Engineers of America. Um, it's about food, which I enjoy, and so you learn about uh, whole wheat and, and, uh, and uh, white wheat. Um, and it's about history, and the history part is what, for me, brings it all together. And we're um, taping this podcast on November 14th, 2019, uh, and you had mentioned just for folks who, and who will hear this before this, this upcoming event, December 14th, they're doing something sort of neat out at Tallinn Run Mill. That's right. It's called Santa at the Mill. It's an annual event, and it's, um, it's, it's very atmospheric because it's held at dusk around 5 o'clock um, and they have uh, uh, lanterns uh, on the path all the way down to the mill and in the mill itself there are candlelights and so you see old Saint Nick in, in candlelight glow in this 1810 mill. So it is very, it's very unique. And there's hot chocolate and goodies for the kids. So. That sounds wonderful. And, and Calvin Run Mill is right there on Route 7, a few miles past Tyson's Corner, That's not correct. too far from Great Falls. It's a wonderful historic site run by the Fairfax County Park Authority. And um, RSVP can, if you're interested in the parks and the history and docents, we can place you at pretty much any one of the historic sites. So, uh, you mentioned uh, JA Finance Park in Fairfax City, or at, right behind uh, Woodson High School, near where you live. And especially with your background in economics, well, tell me a little bit about what it's like to, to volunteer with the Finance Park. So the Finance Park um, is the capstone program for eighth graders on uh, household financial literacy. They're supposed to have some instruction in the classroom before they come. Uh, they arrive and are given an iPad that has a personal profile, married, two children, and then they have to come up with a budget. Uh, the iPad gives guidance on the budget, tells them what job they have, how much money they're making, and then we go through deduction of taxes, savings money, and then expenditures for food, clothing, transportation, and other necessities of life. So for some kids, this is a real awakening. Uh, it's real hands-on stuff, and they scratch their heads and, and have uh, great expectations of uh, having a sports car and then discover that it costs a lot of money and that a spouse can't have a car, that she has to take public transportation. Or yes. So for a lot of kids, it's, it's really an adventure and it's a learning experience that I hope stays with them after high school. That's Tell me a little bit of specifically what you do. You're at one of the stations and, and you answer questions? That's right. Or? The finance park is, uh, is basically a, um, 
a financial shopping center. They call them storefronts. So there's a storefront for car insurance, storefront for mortgages, a storefront for groceries, storefront for auto maintenance, storefront for savings, a storefront for furniture, for clothing, for entertainment. And so each volunteer sits in the storefront and has six to eight students uh, that, that that's their homeroom where they start out with, mm -hmm. and we give them instruction. Um, uh, are, are led by the sort of the organizers there, but then we help them and, and, and monitor their progress and answer questions one-on-one. -on -one. So you, you do a lot of different things, some pretty different things from, from working with um, literacy students to, to volunteering at a park to helping people learn financial literacy. What is the benefit of doing different things when you're a volunteer? Well, uh, it, it, keeps you, uh, it keeps you thinking in different lanes, so to speak, and relating to different peoples in different ways. And while well, I said that you don't have to learn English, uh, or don't have, to, don't have to know a second language to, to, to teach English, um, I've traveled around quite a bit, and so for me I can relate to different cultures in different ways, maybe speak a word or two, and it brightens up the student's uh, sort of day to hear that word, but we have to speak to English. Uh, but for me it's just as stimulating to have to look at at, at, at different topics and interact with different people in different ways. And all the schedules of doing all this stuff enables you to, to do other things when you're not volunteering? Absolutely. I still have my history project that I continue to work on and I'm in a book group and uh, I, um, I, I, I write and uh, give advice to other people on other topics. So yes. That's fantastic. Life is full. That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much. And again, thank you for everything you do, not only for the Literacy Council, but for all volunteers. And you're a wonderful spokesman, uh, incidentally, for, for senior volunteerism and retired volunteerism. So we, we, I, I appreciate your time. Amy, do you have any other closing thoughts on, on just the value of senior volunteers or how it relates to what you do? Or? Yeah, well, I just want to say we really enjoy working with RSVP. We really enjoy working with the volunteers that RSVP you know, connects with us. Um, I think a lot of you know, our retired volunteers have a lot of experience that they can share with our students because our students, some of them are young adults, some of them are you know, in the middle of their career, some of them are, you know, are older adults themselves. I think you know, those retired volunteers can kind of relate to maybe whatever stage our, our students are at and, um, and provide them with the support and the encouragement that they're needing and looking for. I just really enjoy working with RCP. We really appreciate your partnership and, well, and the same, way that right you continue you. to support us. Right back at you. I, I always brag about, for those of y'all listening, I, I always brag about Amy to people because when we recommend a volunteer over uh, when you go through the RSV pro RSVP pro progress, when you go through the RSVP process, um, you have a phone interview after your orientation, and then we we you know we mutually decide, and you say, okay, I want to go to literacy council. So I send an email over to Amy, and I say, hey, Jim's interested in in uh, you know volunteering to literacy council. Can you contact him? Amy is one of our fastest, if not the fastest, volunteer coordinator. She usually, um, if she's in the office, gets back to the person within. I, I think one time it was like 25 minutes so we really appreciate that type of support because like like Jim you mentioned earlier when people come to volunteer when they make that decision they want to volunteer they don't want to wait around and spin their wheels and wait for phone calls they want to do it quickly and I think one of the hallmarks or at least what we try to do at RSVP is move quickly so people are out in the field and volunteering because the quicker you can be volunteering I think the happier you're going to be and the more effective you're going to be for, and it's good for everybody. Again I want to thank our guests Amy and Jim. Thank you so much for being here today and thank you for, for having me here. 
you want to give the the website for your for your uh, literacy council one more time? Sure. Yeah. So our website is www.lcnv.org lcnv.org and there's information on that website about our upcoming events our next orientation and some of the trainings that we'll have in january and in march and thank you guys jim thanks again thanks again for coming in here i appreciate it for more information on rsvp northern virginia visit our website rsvpnova.org or you can visit our blog uh, the invite which is rsvpnova.blog or call RSVP, talk to Shannon, our new volunteer specialist, Shannon White, at 703-403-5360. So thanks again for listening. Thanks for all the volunteers for doing all the great work that you do. Thank you for all of our partners. Um, again, we're a program of Volunteer Fairfax, Volunteer Arlington, and Volunteer Alexandria. And we hope to see you at one of our upcoming information uh, seminars. Thanks so much, and have a great day. This is Rob, signing off.